Thanks for joining us again at the Heart.org booth. This is Manesh Patel from Duke University, and I'm at the American Heart Association's 2011, and I have the pleasure of having Dr. William Bowden with me today to talk about the AIM High study. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Manesh. Appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of the AIM High study? Sure. Well, I think we've known for <clears throat> decades now that uh, in spite of attaining optimal LDL levels with statins, there's still a significant residual risk that persists in patients who are treated. Uh, and that was really the background of why we wanted to take, uh, undertake the uh, AIM High study. Um, we postulated <clears throat> that in patients who had uh, optimally controlled uh, LDL cholesterols on a statin, obviously patients who had established uh, coronary heart disease, so this was a, a classic secondary prevention study, <clears throat> whether in addition to statins, uh, we could demonstrate that in those with residually low levels of HDL <clears throat> would uh, perhaps benefit clinically from the co-administration of extended-release niacin versus placebo. So that was essentially the background for the study. <clears throat> uh, it was undertaken as an NIH-funded trial, uh, and enrollment began <clears throat> in 2006 um, with uh, the goal of enrolling 3,400 patients. We ultimately enrolled 3,414. And <clears throat> this was an event-driven trial, <clears throat> excuse me, in which we had hoped to uh, have a two-and-a-half to seven-year follow-up with a median four-year, 4.6-year follow-up uh, with an uh, endpoint of uh, cardiovascular death, uh, MI, stroke, uh, hospitalization for ACS, and symptom-driven revascularization. So a, a, a five-composite endpoint that was similar to Jupiter, you know, in terms of um, our being able to hopefully demonstrate uh, incremental clinical benefit with, uh, with niacin versus uh, placebo. So um, uh, what we observed <coughs> was that um, when the DSMB met last in this past April, uh, they discerned that there was uh, no uh, benefit <coughs> of the uh, combination dyslipidemic therapy strategy versus the statin monotherapy group uh, with really superimposed Kaplan-Meier curves. And in addition, uh, a curious and unexpected signal of uh, numerically increased ischemic strokes emerged in the niacin-treated patients. So <clears throat> for the reason that we had crossed a predefined uh, boundary for lack of efficacy <clears throat> and because of the uncertainty about whether ischemic stroke was uh, a significant issue, uh, the DSMB recommended to the NHLBI that the study be stopped 18 months ahead of schedule. <clears throat> so rather than going to completion, which would have been December of 2012. The study obviously uh, came to an end in May, so at a mean 36-month follow-up. So the primary outcome measure was no different. <clears throat> there were 274 events in the simvastatin plus placebo-treated patients versus 282 uh, in the niacin-treated patients, a hazard ratio of, point of 1.02, and confidence intervals on both sides of unity. <clears throat> All the pre-specified secondary endpoints were concordant with the primary outcome measure, so we were unable to show uh, any directional benefit one way or the other with the, uh, with the treatment of niospan and uh, simvastatin. <clears throat> I think that the really key point of AIM High was that 94% of the patients at baseline had been taking a statin, and 76% uh, of those were taking it for a year or longer, and 40% for five or more years. So in that <clears throat> cohort of 3,196 patients, uh, the mean starting LDL was 71. <clears throat> we actually got it down to 62 with the combination dyslipidemic therapy strategy. 
and we increased HDL by 25%, lowered triglycerides by 29%. So Niospan did exactly what we expected it to do to the lipid profile, but despite those significant changes, we could not demonstrate an incremental clinical benefit. So clinicians <coughs> hearing this will probably feel comfortable at least understanding that there may not be an incremental clinical benefit. Right. How are we going to reconcile the concern over ischemic stroke? Well, thank you for you know uh, uh, highlighting that. Uh, we did a very, very comprehensive and careful analysis through the summer as we were continuing to accrue events that were going to be reviewed and adjudicated. And we were unable to do, uh, uh, unable to, d to define any predisposing factors, <clears throat> whether it's a history of stroke, hypertension, atrial fibrillation, medication usage, that in any way showed a causal association between niacin and ischemic stroke. And as it turns out, uh, in the final analysis, um, there were 18 ischemic strokes in the uh, placebo-treated patients, 29 in the niacin-treated patients. The p-value was 0.11. Uh, the hazard ratio was 1.61, but the confidence intervals were decidedly on both sides of the unity boundary. So it was really, we think, a statistical play of chance uh, mm -hmm. that uh, there was this uh, aberrant signal of, of uh, numerically increased strokes. And I don't think it has any consequences because we have not been able to find any previously published studies that would show uh, any kind of a stroke excess. And on the contrary, you know, certain previously published studies like the CDP, and a, and a large meta-analysis of all niacin studies, if anything, showed a significant stroke reduction with niacin. So um, in terms of, I think, the take-home message, I, I would say the following. Um, if, 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 um, if you're a stable, non-acute patient with cardiovascular disease and you can achieve and maintain <clears throat> the kinds of LDL reduction that we achieved, which is the low 60s, uh, then there's no need to treat HDL or to use niacin uh, with the goal of reducing or further mitigating risk. Well, thanks for joining us. Another very interesting study from you. Yeah. Thanks.